and welcome to UX Shortcast. Every day, I handpick the hottest articles from the last 24 hours to bring you the coolest and most exciting updates. Get ready for a quick yet catchy snapshot of what's new and buzzing in user experience. Ready to get inspired? Let's jump in. Today, on February 22nd, I have the pleasure of inviting you to another episode of UX Shortcast. In Designing for Government, a practical approach by Jack Stracon, we get a clear message. Digital transformation in government is more about planning and goals, not just fancy tech. Imagine trying to stop a problem at its source rather than just dealing with the chaos it causes. Like Estonia, they made a digital game plan to get ahead, not just catch up. The UK is doing something similar, making their government services digital first. But here's the kicker. Most big tech projects and government flop because they focus too much on the tech, not the goals. Strachan's been helping UK teams look at the big picture first. He says you gotta know where you're headed, plan how to get there, and then get your ducks in a row to make it happen. It's like mapping out a road trip before you hit the gas. That's how you stop problems before they start and make sure government works better for everyone. Ivan Montero from UX Collective wrote a piece called Company Culture is More Than Just Office Perks, explaining that a solid company culture isn't just about the fun extras at work. It's about making employees feel they're a key part of the team, which drives them to work harder and create better products. High-quality products are ones that really solve problems for people, while poor ones miss the mark and can lose customers. Montero also discusses how companies can get caught up in making money and start to cut corners, which can hurt the product and the workplace vibe. This enshittification can lead to companies offering less and less quality in their products or services while still trying to make more cash. The article wraps up by saying that a company's culture should include good technical skills, strong teams, social trust, and a commitment to doing the right thing. This helps prevent the company from just focusing on profits and instead keeps them creating products that truly meet people's needs. Kai Wong from UX Collective penned an insightful piece titled To Get Interviewers to Engage with Your Design Portfolio, Tell a Story, where he shares a powerful tip for job-seeking designers. Wong noticed that many designers, fresh from school, stick to a formulaic presentation of their portfolios, which often doesn't resonate with recruiters. The crux of his advice is to craft a narrative around your design projects. Instead of just listing skills and processes, Focus on the story of each project, the goal, the problem you tackled, how you creatively solved it, and the impact of your work. This approach isn't just about showcasing abilities. It's about sparking conversations and directly linking your experience to what the job requires. So when you're in an interview, don't just recite your resume. Tell the story behind your designs to truly engage with your interviewer. Sana Rao from UX Collective reflects on design's role in a divided world in Design in the Era of Conspiratorial Mirror Worlds. The article, inspired by Naomi Klein's book Doppelganger, explores how design is influenced by politics and can either promote positive change or contribute to division and environmental harm. Rao points out that designs carry ideological weight and mentions the impact of a campaign in Australia that opposed an indigenous voice in parliament. The key takeaway is that as designers, we have the power to shape society for better or worse, 
and we must be mindful of the consequences of our design choices. In the piece, Information Architecture Design Step-by-Step from UX Planet, the author lays out a 10-step blueprint for organizing a website or app so folks can find what they need without a hitch. First off, you gotta know what your business aims to do and what your users are after. Then you do some digging. Talk to your audience, figure out who they are and what they're likely to look for on your site. Next up, take stock of all the stuff you've got. Articles, pictures, whatever. And make sure it's up to snuff and easy to get to. Group similar items together in a way that makes sense to your users, not just to you. Plan out how you'll lay out your site's menu and pages so people don't get lost. Choose simple, straight-talking names for your menus and categories so everyone gets it right off the bat. Sketch out your ideas and test them with real folks to catch any snags. Finally, build that sucker, keep an eye on how it's doing, and tweak it as you go to keep it sharp. The piece I read, 15 Must-Have Chrome Extensions for Product Designers, comes from UX Planet, and it's a real treasure trove for folks who make digital products look and work great. It's like a toolbox for making sure everything on a website is just right, from the colors to the size of stuff on your screen. Here's the lowdown. It's got tools like Colorzilla, which lets you pick colors right off a web page, and Fonts Ninja, which tells you what fonts you're looking at. There's even a nifty gadget called SVG Grabber that snatches up all the graphics from a site. For folks who need to make sure their website looks good on any device, there's Window Resizer. And if you're working late, Dark Reader makes the screen easier on your eyes. Then there's some serious stuff like checking if your site's colors are easy for everyone to see, even folks with color blindness with tools like Daltonize and Color Contrast Checker. So, if you're in the business of making websites user-friendly and snazzy, this article's got the goods. In A Playful Guide to Minimizing Cognitive Load for Maximum Fun Stability by Bhagavath Mohan, we're taught how to make websites and apps easy and fun to use. Imagine your brain's like a castle. Too much stuff can cause a traffic jam in there. The article says to watch out for things that make websites complicated, like too much text or confusing menus, which can make you feel lost. It also tells you to keep choices simple so you don't freeze up trying to decide and to be aware of sneaky biases that can trip you up. Plus, nobody likes slow websites, so making things load fast keeps everyone happy. The main point? Keep it simple, clear, and quick. And using the web can be a breeze. Ivy Huang from UX Planet shared some wisdom in keeping ourselves accountable. Five simple tools for product designers. She's all about making sure product designers stay sharp and effective. First off, she uses a Kanban board, which is like a fancy to-do list that helps you see what's on your plate and what you've knocked out. Then there's the designer's calendar, where you plot out your work weeks ahead to stay on track. Plus, deltas are quick chats to figure out what's working and what ain't, and then make a game plan to fix it. The product designer scorecard is a checklist to see where you're ace and where you need to level up. Ivy's all about setting goals, checking your progress, and being a team player that delivers the goods. Alexander Prishavalka shares some deep thoughts in Some Spiritual Reflections on My Systemic Design Studies, found in UX Planet. 
He talks about courses he took that changed how he sees the world, like everything's connected in big systems. He learned that quick fixes don't cut it with complicated problems. You gotta think about the big picture and how personal change can ripple out and affect everything. He digs into how stories and myths shape our lives and how looking at problems from different angles can help us find better solutions. It's not just about numbers. It's about values that can't be measured but matter a ton. He wraps up saying that to deal with today's big messes, we got to start with changing ourselves. In the piece. What strategies do you use to build a successful UX team? By the folks at sergushkin.com, they lay out a plan for putting together a top-notch team for creating user-friendly tech stuff. First off, they say you got to know who's doing what like designers making things look good and researchers figuring out what folks need. They suggest mixing up your team with different kinds of talent to stir up new ideas and beat the competition. Keep learning new tricks to stay sharp and make sure everyone's on the same page and can talk openly. A solid design playbook makes everyone's job easier. Give them the right tools, set clear targets, and don't forget to cheer on your team to keep morale high. That's the gist of building a team that'll do great work. Thank you for listening, and I invite you to another dose of knowledge tomorrow.